Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. I was contacted by a man who is truly a guardian angel to dogs and cats. He's the co-founder and president of Ukraine War Animals Relief Fund. And if you've been wondering what's happening to the animals in Ukraine, it is not a pretty picture. It is a crisis that is doubling down day by day. And this extraordinary man, Daniel Fine, and his group, Ukraine War Animals Relief Fund, have made four missions to the country and made great inroads, but boy, is there a job ahead. And mid-August, with the now the support also of Humane Society International, they're going back to do more good work. Daniel, what you're doing is so brave personally that you're going into Ukraine, into a, into a war zone, but the work you're doing seems to me such an uphill battle, and yet you've gone back over and over as if every dog and cat matters, which to those of us listening, they do. How did you start this mission? What what inspired you? Well, Tracy, thank, first of all, thanks for having me, and thanks for sharing this message because it's super important, and and and, and people don't know it. And it, and for me, it was kind of an unveiling process as I went there, and I learned more and more about what was going on. And it was the Ukrainians that were actually, you know pointing at the problem and telling me kind of this is the real deal this is what you have to focus on but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the background and you know like you i'm a big dog person i've got a therapy dog that i take uh, you know he goes to the library to read with little kids and he actually even visits the police 
department. Nice. Helps them understand. Yeah, so I've always been involved with dogs, and I love dogs and and, and cats, um, but I'm more of a dog guy. My wife is a cat person. But anyways, I was in the dog park, and I had just finished reading this book called The Elephant Whisperer. And at the back of the book, it was about a guy that built an elephant sanctuary in Africa. He talked about going to the Baghdad Zoo during the Iraq War. Oh, yes. And lending a hand with the big animals. And I was in the dog park, and I have a Ukrainian friend that comes with his dog, his boxer. And I was thinking about the war, and I've been, I visited Ukraine in 2014 uh, in Kiev, and I was thinking, oh, I'll go to the zoo and help them out, you know. Kind of I'll naively. be darned. And so, so I started calling around my friends and trying to make connections, and I, after a while, I finally heard, you know, and everything, communication was down, it was hard to get hold of anyone. The zoo finally said, you know, we're good. We've got, like, most of our animals into Poland, and we've got a vet. We're we're all right. And besides, you really shouldn't be an American in Kiev right now. Ouch. So I was like, yeah, just for my safety. Yes, of course. Okay, well, you know, what can I do? So then I I heard about this sanctuary on the border that was rescuing Ukrainian animals and bringing them across the border and caring for them. So I call it, you know, and it's it's so chaotic over there. I finally get a hold of someone who can speak English, and he said, when can you get here? Oh. And, you know, they had been working 24-7, rescuing animals and caring for them. They were just overloaded. So I talked to a friend of mine, and, you know, two weeks later, we were on a plane. I moved into the kitchen of their sanctuary, bathed in the dog bathtub. No kidding. You know, washed my clothes with their washer. And we walked 70 dogs and cared for them in clean cages and, I don't know, 60 cats and 22 puppies. Not that many cats, I'm sorry. Only uh, far fewer cats, but a lot of dogs and a lot of puppies. And, oh my gosh, you know, you're exhausted, but you're a dog person, so you know what it's like when you're walking the dog. And I walked the equivalent of Vancouver, B.C. to Seattle and back. Oh my goodness. And the whole, I lost a lot of weight. It was wonderful. Uh, Great diet plan. But (laughs) the... The interesting thing that happened is when you're walking your dog, every all dog walkers know this, you have a lot of time to think. You know, because you, I mean, you Absolutely. do talk to your dog, but he hasn't always talked back. But anyways, the, you're thinking in your head, and I'm over there, and I had a chance to go visit the humanitarian center. And these incredible people, you know, you've got the Red Cross there, and the World Central Kitchen, and the Marines, and everyone's there helping people. And they're doing a 1,000 people a night, and they've got, you know, showers and they're really taking care of them and they have technology they've got and then i come back and these animals have nothing there's nothing supporting the animals except for volunteers you know like me and a bunch of other crazy people running around with no systems no support no technology no process no and it's because you know as humans we're with unfortunately with war we're really good at this like in syria and libya that's right a lot of practice yeah, we have a lot of practice in handling people, but not animals. And so I started thinking about animals during war. What happens? Well, first of all, they have no rights unless they're endangered species. There are no laws that protect animals. And we've heard about the Russians coming, bombing zoos, using the animals as target practice. This is, and I'm not, this is not made-up stuff. We, uh, I have a friend that went to a zoo, stole a goat to save it, Next day or 48 hours later, it's in the paper. They bombed the zoo, killed 6,000 animals, 
the zookeeper, a teenager. I mean, this is real. And so I was thinking about the animals and I was thinking, what can we do to help them? And so I came back and talked to some friends at, I'm, I'm in Seattle. I talked to some friends at Microsoft and they got Microsoft to partner up and we put together a technology system to build a database of the animals. Oh my so goodness. So that we can track them. And we're actually launching facial recognition because everyone has a picture of their pet on their phones. So the Ukrainians that had to leave and flee without their animals, if they're in Italy or France or Germany or Spain, wherever they are, they can upload a picture of their animal. Oh and then goodness. based on the facial, based on the nose, which is the imprint, and a little bit of artificial intelligence like the markings and the colors and you know the breed and the size, it will match them. And since we take a photo of them with an iPhone or any phone, the GPS location comes in, which goes into the database. So we know where their animals last seen, what shelter or where. What so, the, so the work that you're doing that, that I just contributed to on the GoFundMe page, and, yeah. it, and I am asking people to do that because I believe that the work you're yeah. doing that goes beyond reuniting lost pets and their displaced humans, which in yeah. itself would be a lot. I mean, we could all empathize with that. But you're going way yeah. beyond that because, as yeah. you explained to me in an email, the problems there are the animals that have been abandoned through no fault of the people, and they've gone a bit wild, and they're living in woods and forests because they have no other choice, and they aren't rabies vaccinated, and the wild animals have rabies. So what's yeah. going on there is a humanitarian crisis as well as an animal crisis because when you oh, have rabies in the owned animal population, you're going to have bites from rabid dogs and cats. And people will we die, right. and most of them will be children. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just jumping ahead with this story because the, yeah, the individual me, anecdotes are certainly interesting, and we could talk about that for an yeah. hour, but I felt and do feel really I gotta, strongly I gotta the urgency. It, is, it makes sense. Right. The urgency. Let me sense. finish. Let me finish talking down. We can't both talk at once because you're on a cell phone. Okay. So that doesn't work. I'm. I really need people to understand. This isn't just the story of a good guy and, as you said, a bunch of other crazy do-gooders who, by the way, happen to know people at Microsoft, which is fantastic and funny in a way, so American. It's okay. We got this. We're going to facially recognize all your animals. It's great. I mean, it's such American can-do and energy and belief that, you know, every single dog and every single human matter to each other. They're going to get reunited. But you're also dealing with animals that are not sterilized because the, the spay-neuter rate was very low there to begin with, as it is in a great deal of Europe. So now you have animals multiplying, no food, no vaccines against any of the diseases, but most particularly rabies. And that's what you're going to do, is it not? Tracy, you, 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 it's great because it was a short email and you've gotten the picture. Here's the, here's the scary part about this. So like you said, these people had, it's no fault of their own. They had no, you know, the only way to get out of Ukraine was by train. They can't fly. They can't drive. The roads are blown up. They're right. landmined. Most of them don't own cars. So they had to go to the train station. When you go in, when I'm going in and take the train, you can get first class for a couple bucks. It's empty. When you're coming out, it's shoulder to shoulder. Eight million people had to flee at once out of Ukraine. So they left their homes. They get to the train station they usually can't even take their luggage. They can take their children 
They're standing remotely and they can't take their pets. So they're forced to leave their pets behind. I can't even tell you how that was, what that would do to me emotionally, but these people who are, you know, the bombs are dropping every minute and a half. Drones are coming in. I mean, it's horrible. So they leave by train. They either throw their dogs or cats over the fence at the shelter, which is already burgeoning and these people who stay behind to take care of them. Anyways, here's the math. Eight million people had to leave according to the UN. They had to flee their homes. Here's why we've never heard of this before. All our wars that we've had recently are mostly Middle East. Oh, how interesting, Daniel. What an interesting point. And they don't have domestic pets. Their religion is whatever. It's just their religion. And so Ukrainians love pets. So 47% of Ukrainians own pets, at least half. At least one. Wow. Of 8 million, that means 4 million people had pets that that had to leave. And at least 25% had to leave them behind. That means 1 million new animals on the street. And as you noted, before the war, they were working on it, but they had a low rate, 36% of, of sterilization. So now, because and they had, they had opened up free clinics around Ukraine to sterilize and vaccinate. So they, they were trying to do it, but now with the war, they had to close those, those vaccination and sterilization um, clinics focus on the war. So now we're in single digits. So you're, you're a person in the animal world and you know, if two dogs procreate and they have a litter of six and they have a litter of six in six years, those two dogs produce 67,000 dogs and cats are far worse. So we data modeled this out being Americans and, you know, technologists and stuff. And we used some data scientists. So here's the issue in five years, there's going to be over a billion animals born, new puppies and kittens, 1.2 billion. Okay, I'm going to stop you, Daniel, because one of the things I've learned in the years of doing this show, maybe it's just me who's numerically phobic. It doesn't mean anything, a billion dollars or a billion dogs. What matters is that we all saw an image, just like the famous image of the burning child in the Vietnam War or the famous image from Kent State. Everybody remembers the image of the family fleeing a street in Ukraine, and they were fired upon by the Russian soldiers, Mm -hmm. and they had a little white dog on a leash, and somebody else had a dog in a carrier that was barking and yelping. Everybody remembers that image. It's the individuals that are going to make people say, what your group is doing matters, not because of the billions, but because of the one. Every animal you touch is going to change the life of the people around it. So we have to tell a story, Daniel, that will make people go to your GoFundMe page and give you money to bring more rabies vaccine. You already have veterinarians who are out of work because a war is on, and they're already chipping in and doing the spay-neuter for free. Same with vet techs. Anybody that had any kind of animal skills is already volunteering. But you need money not to get yourself over there. You've clearly done that on your own, which is amazing. But you need to bring stuff for them, medical stuff, right? Microchips, vaccinations. We need instruments. We need cages. Yes. Yes, That's exactly right. We bring over, you know, 10, we've already done 40, 40 tons of food. But every time we come over, we have to have about 10 tons of food that we need to take in. But I, I do want to get, Tracy, you're right, but i got to get to one point, and, and, the, and this is something that I you keep learning as you go along, and this is what humane society and why they're interested. Have you heard of dog calling or calling, C-U-L-L-I-N-G? 
I was unaware of it. Okay, but let's can we just stay yeah. on focus because we only have another couple of minutes. We all know what okay. what what happens in shelters in the United States. A county shelter culls. They kill the dogs that have been there more than X amount of time for space, not because the animal isn't adoptable or isn't nice or isn't healthy. That's right. unfortunately a well-known fact in the in the sheltering world. But we're talking about a war zone. We're talking about exactly. mash tents. We're not talking about big picture. Humane Society International is supporting what you're doing because you are boots on the ground doing good work on behalf of the animals there and the people who care about them. These these animals and their puppies and kittens are going off into the woods to forage for food, yes. and they were domestic animals without the skills. And then they're going to get into tussles, which is a polite word for with wolves <laughs> or fox or whatever, that are going to try to right. eat them or give them rabies. It's it's a con- situation out of control, and you're bringing exactly. control. You're bringing cages. You're bringing a plan. You're bringing yes. a plan, really, as you said. When you originally went, it was out of control and chaotic. Understandably. Yeah, and we learned as we along. Mm-hmm. And this, this mission, in August, we want to do 2,250 animals. We've got uh, six locations. And where we go, we go to the villages that have been recently liberated. They're usually flattened. You know, like oh the, 80% of the buildings are gone. Most of the people are gone. Go wow. down the street. There are pockets of animals just wow. living. There's just, you know, five, six dogs, and, and then you go down five minutes more, and there's another five, six, ten dogs, and then they go down wow. And we catch those dogs, and then we also, uh, I don't know if it's a proper term, but we call them grannies. They call them grannies. The grannies that stay behind are these tough Ukrainian women who That's are so saving cool. Ukraine. They, they help us. That's so they cool. bring the dogs, when, and then we trade them food for, for doing that. And they bring them to our clinic, and, you know, they, they bring cats for us. No and then they'll help us take care of them. Yeah, mostly it's money. They say the men are fighting for Ukraine, but the women are saving it. That and is they, really, women, that is extraordinary. That is so touching. It, it sounds like a, you could see the scene from an apocalyptic movie. The towns are destroyed, oh, the yeah. people are gone, and the animals are left to fend for themselves and domestic animals don't do very well at that. They do in countries where they've done it historically, Mexico, India, et cetera, but not in countries where they were owned animals. Daniel, we've run out of time. I've written a blog to go along with this interview. It will have pictures so you can see what the Ukraine War Animals Relief Fund is doing. It'll have a link to the GoFundMe page. Please join me as a donor because I believe, and it's not often that I say this, that this is really essential as a humanitarian aid towards animals because the people there are one day are going to come back and rebuild their city and because of the work you're doing daniel they will have animals to come home to good luck on your trip godspeed stay safe and keep doing this extraordinary work thank you for joining me thank you tracy thanks for listening There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. 
The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They've founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky blue Weimarano Maisie will eat.